0: Salam and hello. Welcome to Uproot. My name is Lily Bakala-Piper, and I am so delighted that you have tuned in today. March is Women's History Month in the United States, and on March 8th, we will celebrate International Women's Day. So in honor of this month, where we are kind of diving deep into all the complexity, beauty, and strength of womanhood, I could not think of a better guest to get us started than Freweni Mabratu. Freweni is the 2019 CNN Hero of the Year for her work to end the cultural stigma and shame around women's periods in Ethiopia. Freweni is a chemical engineer by training, but in 2005, after completing her education in the United States, came home with a mission to end period poverty and increase the access to menstrual hygiene products for women and girls in her native country. Freweni is a sister, a fellow activist and someone that I deeply admire. She has given her entire life's work to really dignifying women. Her company in Makala, Ethiopia produces over, I mean tens of thousands of pads every year that are distributed to poor and marginalized girls, enabling them to finish their education. Something as simple as a period should not be the reason that a girl's education ends and Freweni has made it her life's goal to see that mission through. It really is my joy and honor to welcome Freweni Mabratu, the 2019 CNN Hero of the Year and a personal hero of mine to Uproot. Salaam, i Freweni. I'm, I'm so delighted to have you today on Uproot. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: And we're fortunate today to be conducting this conversation over Skype, and you are in the United States. Is that right? right now,
1: uh, Virginia. Yes. I just got okay. here yesterday. Yeah.
0: I hope you're there to take a little bit of a break, because I know the last few months have been very busy since you were announced as CNN's 2019 Hero of the Year. It must be, have been extremely busy the last few months.
1: Absolutely. It's been very overwhelming and it's been wonderful. It's been absolutely wonderful journey. It's, uh, uh, I guess the future is quite bright. So I'm really looking forward to 2020 to be even uh, yet the best year. So, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, I will start. We, we were chatting a bit before the call, but I just want to say, so all of the listeners who are listening to this will, will just know just how deeply proud and grateful we are of you and your contribution. Even if you were not an Ethiopian, I would still feel immense gratitude for your commitment to menstrual health management and dignity for young women and girls in Ethiopia. But because you're my sister, but I'm not an Ethiopian, and now I just want to start by expressing our deep joy and and gratitude for all that you have done these last many, many years, over 15 years that you have been working to bring dignity, dignity to so many girls and women just let me start with expressing that thanks and that that gratitude
1: well i thank you so much i'm very thrilled and honored at the same time to be able to do this uh this work and uh, it's certainly not just uh, for ethiopia but for all girls that have no access to sanitary pads this is a uh, really a basic necessity and uh, looking forward to even bigger achievements from here on and uh, it seems like everybody is interested in hearing what i have to what i'm working on and uh, definitely will be a lot easier to get things done
0: yes you make a really great point so let's start right there with what you're saying about people are paying attention and that will make it easier to get this work done because you have been doing this work uh, providing sanitary pads, reusable sanitary pads, in Ethiopia since 2005, if I'm correct. Is it, that's right?
1: Correct. It started in 2005, and we've been in production for over uh, 13 years, so it's been an incredible and long journey, but definitely it has paid off at the end. And still there is a lot of work to be done.
0: So let's hear more about your story. If I understand correctly, you were in the United States training to be a chemical engineer uh, in the early 1990s, and the experience of going to the U.S. and seeing the variety of menstrual hygiene products were in contrast to what you experienced as a young person in Ethiopia. So maybe we can start with just your own story of what you had access to personally growing up, and then what really triggered this awareness or this concern when you went to the U.S. for your studies. Tell us more about that.
1: Growing up is something that you don't forget. For me, it was quite personal. I'm not c- claiming that I came from a poor family. I uh, to, uh, I came from a, a, a good average uh, family who loves each other. We have uh, food on the table without any worries, but when it comes to uh, uh, being aware of sanitary pads or having periods with just like anybody else in Ethiopia, at least for, for the most people in Ethiopia, I should say uh, that I never knew what was going on with my body. Nobody really talked about it. The thing that you hear is some horrible, horrifying stories. Like you're either you're being cursed or you're ready to get married and, uh, or you're being just simply bad A bad girl who's uh, having, you know, uh, uh, doing some crazy things with boys or whatever. But it's none of that. So, as a young child, if you're, this is the only thing you've been hearing, you can imagine what it means like that when you have your period for the first time. So, uh, like any like like anybody else, I I was in school. I was 13 years old. Had my first period. It was horrifying. I mean, I was, I, I didn't even know what to do at that point. So <laughs> lucky for me, I had uh, one of my great friends who's now in the United States and uh, I, I, she she has seen me how terrified I was. Uh, yeah. I'm sure she must have had, uh, experienced it before me because she was very comforting to me. And, um, I've stained my clothes and I was really, really terrified. There is no way at that circumstances that I would have gone home without being embarrassed. But lucky for me, I had some scarf, uh, that I had worn and I put it uh, on my waist and we, we had to go like, uh, in a very private areas where no one could see us. So this is what the experience was. The other turmoil, horrifying experience that I had was when I got home, um, I have I have some explanation to do because uh, I don't, I didn't know how my mother was going to react or my sisters. So definitely um, I had what I had to do. No one had seen me what uh, I was going through. I had, uh, I could not possibly put myself to ask any, any question to anyone, even including my mother. So that's how it, uh, it started. So to me, that was uh, quite shocking. Even today, I remember how it felt like, so, uh, just like anybody else, uh, we used uh, any kind of uh, uh, piece of cloth that we found at home. Uh, and to me, it was it was it, it, it was easy to find some kind of cloth, you know. Uh, like I said, I came from an average family. But when you think about the people in the in the rural areas, they they can't even have, they can't even find a decent piece of cloth around the house because they have very limited access to everything, you know. So. Uh, yes. It, yes. this is how I grew up. And uh, like I said, I never left my town till I actually um, had a chance to, to come to the United States. Uh, of course, I came to Addis and stayed there for a little bit. I didn't see much uh, uh, of the country. So I came to the United States. That was another shock for me was like when I went to the drugstore. It was an overwhelming overwhelming choices of sanitary pads. So that's when I said, you know what? How, I I truly believe that I was the luckiest human being on earth. But at the same token, I I was a girl that who had no access to sanitary pads, and I was wishing that time that when will that be the choices that would be available for all the girls, you know.
0: I'm fascinated. My my father is actually a chemical engineer, so I know that is a very difficult field and study to pursue. (laughs) So I can imagine there must have been a moment between your studying and accomplishing that, you know, significant academic achievement, and then making this really big transition into producing sanitary pads and moving into more humanitarian role what gave you the the i don't know the res- the resolve or the tenacity to really see it through because you come back to ethiopia early 2000s, as you've mentioned, you know, it was tumultuous times or it's coming out of tumultuous times. What gave you the resolve to really make this happen in those early years where people were not as educated or as aware of the problem?
1: Well, to me, like I said, you know, uh, I'm not quite sure... um, uh what what it gave what gave me to even decide to go back but the whole reason for me to leave the country was like anybody else uh things were not safe for uh, any young person to to stay in Ethiopia because of the situation we had during the drug and when I had the chance it wasn't my choice I went there to, to just be saved you know and I had promised my dad that one day that once I get my education that I will be back you know, okay. I I was very with my dad. And in fact, the one thing that uh, make it so different about me coming back is like my dad was always believed in being an entrepreneur. He's always been an entrepreneur himself. So particularly for me, even though we're eight kids and I'm the youngest girl, like I said, and I only have a younger brother, but pretty much we're the, the youngest girl. And, uh, being in the family, I was very close to my dad. So he had... Uh told me that I need you know maybe I should study pharmacy and so that I can open my own pharmacy. Can you imagine that so that oh. <laughs> you know, I, that promise was already you know uh that I made that for my dad is when it was safe enough to come back home uh if I wanted to ever come back, I wanted to do something worthwhile to change the community. So, like I said, since I was a child, I had experienced this. And when I came, when I had uh, came back to to see my parents uh, for a vacation, uh, what I wanted to know was if things would change for these girls. And nothing had changed. In fact, to the, the extent of not no one wants to speak about this was horrifying to me. This is like uh, uh, almost over a decade later, so nothing yeah. has changed. That means is why am I being bothered by this? So, and I know how how important this means for any girl, you know. And study shows that fifty percent of the leading causes for uh, drop out of school is uh, not having sanitary pads. Uh, this was right. already studied by right. UNICEF. And there's so many ramifications of it at the confidence level of girls. Uh, when a girl have a sanitary pad and not having sanitary pads, that's already it's a very critical thing for for a girl that uh, this should be available at any any time, if at all, for free. But if not, at least it should be available anywhere. But the affordability issue is there. The the cultural stigma is uh, tremendous. So it's it 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 was just to me was too personal i took it like i could have been that girl still so mm-hmm. to me was i decided to come back there was nothing else i wanted to do but this i knew how difficult it would have been i know how challenging it would be but i never thought that it would take me this long to to get here honestly meaning yeah. being recognized about the job is not the the thing that i'm talking about to even resolve the issue itself, you know, I thought it was right. no brainer. Write the pad. It's you know, uh, imagine right. what are the. It should be acceptable before it's no brainer, you know. Uh, so, but it was quite difficult to even break the taboo. So that's why it took me this long. Man, there were lots of times that I wanted to quit, but mm. the reason I did not want to quit is I knew how important this is. I knew people really not understanding uh, the 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 ramification of this, the extent of having and not having pads. Uh, when you go to the, to the uh, urban areas, that's completely different. People uh, right. pretend to at things that they're not. You know, things are right. okay just because it's okay for them. When we have like ninety percent of our society live in the village, who we'll have very little and have no uh, sense of. Uh, uh, what it means to have sanitary parts, even as basic as underwear. So that to me was like a struggle. So that's the reason I could not give up this project for that long. So definitely, I knew I was going to come back because I made a promise to my dad. When I decided to come back, I could this project was already told you it was planted on my head so when i tried to find out if things were changed nothing changed so i could not do anything else but this so that's why i started this project and that it was a very difficult and challenging project that i picked however i am so glad that i stuck and got to this point um
0: We are also very glad that you stuck with it, for sure. (laughs) Let me ask you something before we go too far. I just want to follow up on something you said. Um, You know, I think it's, we talk so much about how to address the problem. And you've said, you know, you didn't think it it would take you this long to get everybody on board and to create a solution. It just seems so clear. Menstruation is a natural part of life. Here is a simple solution to help keep girls in school. Very simple equation in a lot of ways. But, you know, our our context and our culture here is East Africa, um, and we have so much stigma and shame around it. But I think that shame and stigma is actually very global. I think anywhere I grew up in the United States, and while we had puberty classes and it was maybe more available in terms of supplies were available, the shame and the stigma and the embarrassment about it was still, I felt that all throughout my youth. As you are working now towards kind of the practical solution in terms of the the pads that we can put in girls' hands and the underwear, what about the, like, emotional and cultural stigma and issues? What changes are you now seeing? Or are you seeing those changes? Because I I still feel like that shame and stigma is still so strong um, today. I don't know. What are your thoughts around that?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Still, you know, the the people we have given awareness uh, it is really changing, and that what that means is educating girls is not enough. We also have to include the boys, and yes. that is the, yes. that's the only way that we can actually uh, at, tackle this uh, stigma uh, to eradicate once and for all, however. For with the older generation, however, it will—it's still taking time to really get it and to even speak about it. But my, our focus was school. Uh, the um, when I started at the beginning, I was by myself. You know, uh, I was doing the production, I was doing the awareness creation. So it was very a slow process. However, as I was getting. Uh, you know, partnered with different organizations, you know, um, I work with a lot of uh, nonprofit organizations, of course, uh, uh, this particular uh, uh, nonprofit organization is quite different to I met in 2014, this organization, however, they were really uh, into Given uh, a total solution for the for the stigma to break, and, and at the same time also providing a complete solution to uh, to the issue. So what they've done was first, uh, this is uh, uh, the outcome of this uh, work that we do was has to be documented and also research based. Um, the person who started in 2014, who joined me in in this mission, was Professor Wall, and uh, he is a gynecologist uh, of uh, Washu University. He came along with his wife. Um, and um, he started what I was trying to do, and he simply said, you know what, I want to be part of it. So they started a, 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 an organization called Dignity Period to work with me and uh, to actually uh, help out in uh, solving uh, this issue once and for all. But it was it started small, and the, the the first thing that they were done was – about, they took about 8,000 students, boys and girls. So uh, we wanted to see what is the impact is going to bring by uh, providing them the solution. And the first thing that they've done was awareness creation for boys and girls. This is basically in schools. And okay. it was uh in this in to this extent, no one has done to this uh uh extent of research i'm sure it was a smaller uh, research that's been done, but eight thousand was quite big so what they 've done was they were focusing on uh, attendance school attendance for girls and boys at the same time so the awareness was created for both of them and uh the uh, of course the uh, um, our product has also been Uh, distributed to the girls and uh, they have uh, uh, done for like five years the uh, attendance for schools that have been taking a really good attendance for the last five years that's what's been selection uh, for the selection criteria for this okay and then after the intervention was done 24% attendance of the girls have improved Automatically, of course, the boys stay the same, and definitely that's what you would expect. So then, uh, once we get this confirmation, and also UNICEF had made some studies before, like I said, fifty percent of the of the leading causes for school dropout on girls is not having sanitary pads. So that tells you uh, it is really. Uh, what it is, So we talk about, you know, empathy, we talk about empowerment of women and what have you. But this is what we need to work on. You know, once we get this
0: right. saw, the rest will be fall into places, you know. Right. Um, you know, what I think is so interesting. L- let me I'd like to hear just kind of specifically when you're thinking about talking to boys, what were some of the messages you were sending them? Because what I think is very interesting about what I'm hearing is that. You know, I think all of us who work, I also work in the humanitarian space in uh, in Kenya. I think I'm always balancing Western messages for the Kenyan context and trying to make sure that the messages here are organic, informed by the community, and driven by voices that are true to the context you know what i mean like kenyan voices defining and speaking to kenyan issues um, and i'm interested to hear what the messages were that you shared with the boys because i remember very clearly as a young person growing up in the united states boys did not get the same messages that the girls did around menstruation um, so in places like the united states they were very inconsistent messages around health around uh, hygiene around puberty and so the the burden of information was actually on the girls, because the boys got a very basic understanding and were certainly not held accountable as a part of the solution. So it's really interesting to me that um, that became a part of your curriculum. And I'm curious to hear kind of what some of those messages were, because I I find that the U.S. is not necessarily doing this well either. (laughs) It's not something that anybody has really mastered, I don't think. So what, what, do you, what were the messages that were successful for your project, for the boys in particular?
1: Uh, this is given to both of us and boys. There is a book that's been written by a professor uh, who's actually, uh, I think it's a professor from uh, Colombia university and she had uh, uh lived in Ethiopia particularly in Eritrea at the time and she spoke fluent uh, uh, Tigrinya in fact and she had written this book about growth and changes on girls you know what does that mean what is growing yes yeah, what are great right, right. change right uh that girl would have obviously you know uh, uh you know there's uh one of the things is like bodily changes and, uh, of course, having periods at what age, what that means, and uh, even boys for that matter. So this has been written in English, and it's already been translated to almost nine dialects of Ethiopia, including Tigrinya, um, Maharinya, Tromunya, and uh, other uh, dialects as well. So this is was already available in the country. I don't think we okay. even new, but... Uh, Based on our research, this is what we have found out. So this book is actually been given to boys and girls. Can you imagine? Before the awareness program, this was given to them. Like I said, you know, it's uh, Mm. written in both English and the local language. So what that means is people could actually really understand that it was culturally appropriate. The words were uh, chosen carefully, you know. So it it was given to them ahead of time before we actually give them the awareness creation. Based on that, uh, the the teachers will give them this box to the schools that's been distributed to this day, especially Dignity Period. This is what they do. They give this book and uh, uh, they will will be given to, to read it. And uh, after the uh, uh, they read it, like after uh, a week or so, they would go the uh, uh, the field workers would go and uh, uh, give them another uh, session of uh, this book. It's quite simple. It's a very simple book. What what does it mean when a girl grows up? What what does it mean when a boy grows up? You know, it's quite simple. Right. It's like a Q and A type of thing. It's <laughs> yes. it's Q and A quest type of things. And then after two weeks, they would come back and they would be encouraged to read this book and know exactly what it means. It's just like a, a small uh, uh, test that would be given to them. So, the, what the school would be doing is the teachers are also going to continue to read uh, this book and it's going to be a, like a, a simple interactive uh, uh, session. So, uh, and uh, dignity period stuff, they would go and say, okay, we're going to randomly. Uh, again, this is gonna. This takes about two, three days of uh, uh, awareness creation between the, the students sure. and teachers, field workers, right. and the, the. It was. It's just. Uh, it's amazing when you see the actual uh, awareness creation session. It's unbelievable how people, how the boys and girls are being really in twos about knowing what's going on with the with the with. With people's life and uh, what it means to grow up, and yes. uh, all the yes. questions that they have is being answered. So, even to the extent what they do is they would randomly uh, pick five students, the field workers with uh, Dignity people for Workers, they will select five students. Out of the five students, if three of them have answered most of the questions, then the distribution will be done. This will be, to- this is going to be. This are this uh, thing is told to them. If you don't answer three out of the five, the description will not be done. So people are so excited. Oh, so see. they don't want to jeopardize. They don't want to jeopardize right. their the girls. Uh, you know,
0: um, yeah. yeah. So the chance to, they don't yeah. Mm-hmm. Do anything
1: to really understand on the concept of the book. The teachers will help the students and the girls and the boys are being. Uh, Making uh, a huge uh, effort to to do that, so it's been a really really uh, amazing uh, experience uh, by doing that. Then once the and there was no school that that had failed uh, for doing this. Uh, wow! This, uh, it's, it's, it's Crazy. So once that's happened, distribution is done. And they would get two underwears, four reusable pads, and, of course, the book that they could just take it home and also make a conversation with their parents. Sometimes parents will ask, like, okay, I'm so lucky to have my girl that who's got uh, uh, this uh, precious gift, but how can I get to my other girl? You know, this is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I would tell you the experience that we had in uh, uh, this is beyond uh, – be, I told you that dignity period is something different. But another NGO also we work with is uh, they have been telling us down in the southern region of Ethiopia, a 90 years old raises his hand. He would say that, I am so lucky and I'm so grateful for my girl to have this gift. But where can I get another set of pads so that I can give it to my wife or to my other girl? That wow. is education.
0: Yeah. That's the Absolutely. education. You know, yes. So, Knowledge uh, is power for it's
1: sure. Big, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So it, it is culturally appropriate. Let's say uh, it's it's going to Afar or some Somali region. The book that will be given again, this is not given by every NGO. I'm talking about Dignity Period, the NGO that works with us. Uh, it's pretty much our partner since t- 2014. And uh, they make it their mission to make sure that this is actually uh, uh, given to all boys and girls. And also, of course, is just transforming the whole society. They're not just transforming the, the the school, but they should be able to go home and make discussion with their parents. So it's opening up, uh, uh, you know, um, an amazing uh, opportunity for tackling the issue uh, on the community level as well.
0: So uh, yeah, that's so important it's, because so, you know it's the key is
1: education, education, education. Pretty much absolutely. education. Absolutely.
0: You know. And I think that's the strength actually of our cultural context here too, is that the family unit is extremely important. And so being able to impact a child that will have a ripple effect to the parents, to the community members, to classmates, boys, girls. And I think that the cultural context now becomes a real asset to spreading the message and reducing stigma. Um Let's talk a little bit more, you know, just about the model that you have seen successful so far, because it's quite staggering the amount of pads that you've been able to to create Um, per year seven hundred and fifty thousand reusable pads, which is just incredible amount of pads that are happening.
1: You know, let me tell you something: we have we have become so efficient, and now we're able to make one million. Actually one million wow. per shift and that how to uh, started a second shift, what that means is really it's good. But uh, that's not enough. The demand has been created since CNN uh, have uh, honored us with this award. And uh, uh, that is a a positive problem to have. But definitely we're uh, we're ready to expand and uh, we're working with the government. We're working with every uh, organization we can find to really make this uh, uh, product available everywhere.
0: That That's so exciting to me because I think, you know, one million paths excuse me, per year is just extraordinary. But when we think about the size of Ethiopia being, I think, 110 million total and, and over half of that being young people in particular, like you said, the demand is there and, and it's part of it's on all of us to really be a part of that solution and to support. And before we end today, we'll be very give you an opportunity to to tell us exactly how we can support and what we can do to make sure that this continues to go forward and and give the listeners a chance to contribute. But I want to talk to you a little bit about something you said that I thought was so profound. You said in an interview that giving a pad to a girl is like giving freedom. Mm -hmm. I thought I was really compelled by that. It's really... I'd stopped and had to really think about freedom. Um, I think I mentioned to you that my daughter's men, also involved in menstrual health management project here in Kenya, and they work on a, a smaller scale, but also do health education and, and sanity bad distribution. And we often think about it as keeping girls in school, helping them finish grade eight, you know, that juncture of 13 or 14 years of age where they, so many of them do drop off. But when you say it gives them freedom, that to me is so much bigger than just keeping them in school it's you know emotional mental physical freedom so tell me how for you this project and this commitment of your life's work translate to freedom what is the freedom that you're seeing in those communities that you work in
1: my goodness, you know what it means you know it's uh, simply uh, as a girl is like you know as young as uh, 13 years old or even younger uh, when uh, she doesn't know anything that goes so in her body and uh, we have given her the awareness the taboo uh, uh, is being broken and uh, also if we provide the, her with, uh, sanitary pads. What that means is she can pretty much do whatever a boy can do. So, uh, it's more than freedom It's more than, uh, anything else in life, which means, uh, she pretty much can be whatever she, there is nothing that limits her from doing whatever a boy can do. So to me, is like uh, we talk about gender equality. We're talking about uh, empowerment, leadership, what have you. So basically, this is about dignity that a girl, if, as long as we can provide her with this basic necessity, which means she can pretty much do whatever she wants, whatever she wants to achieve. Basically, that is just uh, uh, what life uh, should be for any little girl or for anybody for that matter you know, yes, so um, yes, beyond even, uh, uh, it's, it's not even about, uh, uh, what do you call it? Having or not having sanitary beds. It's, it's simply like, it should be like a basic necessity. It should be. I am talking to the government today. Like, why does not we need to even tax this, this product, you know?
0: Yes, well, I, yes, yes. It, That's so it, huge. It, it, it,
1: ridiculous in the in the united states viagra is being ta- uh, no tax on viagra there's tax on yes. uh, uh, sanitary pads that's absolutely ludicrous you know yes. we're talking about yes. the, the developed countries and it's it's now that australia and other countries that are actually removing taxes in ethiopia it's already being taxed we don't even have accessible sanitary pads even that they are the ones who are uh, have an access to very A little 10% or so that who have sanitary parts either imported or locally produced are being taxed. This is it's got to be removed. In Kenya, I believe it's not too long ago that's been removed, but still uh, uh, that we we all should uh, be advocating for tax free. Sanitary, but they should be available like anything else.
0: No, I'm so grateful that you mentioned that because we tend to look at this issue and say, oh, this is a problem in the global south or in poor countries or whatnot, whatnot. And that's just not the case. As you mentioned, in the United States, Viagra is tax free and tampons and sanitary pads in a majority of states are not. They are taxed, which is crazy. And there's a lot of incredible organizations, period.org, um, which is a, the menstrual movement is doing a lot of work. It's yet about, led by some young people to, to eliminate that tampon tax in so many states, which is really exciting because like you said, it's not just about giving access to something. It's about equity. It's about this is as natural as anything else. And if we don't start treating it that way, we are missing the point entirely. We are penalizing girls simply for being girls, which is just obviously unacceptable. And, and I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that.
1: I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you know what? Sometimes we forget that women have two roles. They have a productive role, and they also have a reproductive role. And we certainly seem to ignore the reproductive role, even we as a woman. And we we simply are the one who's uh, making it to continue the society to go on. Otherwise, this is absolutely ridiculous. So we need to be all voicing this as uh, as one voice, and it's gotta be uh, we gotta have to put uh, a solution, uh, to this. And it, it, it has to end. It's gotta be, and this is the 21st century. We should not be talking about this. We should be providing solutions everywhere. You know,
0: Absolutely. So Absolutely. I'm
1: not sure we, we, as a woman, we talk about leadership, this and that, but certainly this is the basic thing that we need to fulfill as women. And, uh, right. to me, I mean, this, uh, this, uh, this is it. This is the moment and it's about time that we, we get to talk about this and, uh, uh, provide
0: solution, uh, in, in any part of this world. Absolutely. While, while you were talking, I just quickly Googled to see because I wanted to get the exact number. But and if I according to uh, Marie Claire com um, in the United States, we are still um, there are 33 states that still have a tampon tax. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're in the United States, I encourage you to Google your state's legislation about tampon taxes and find out what if your state has a tax write to your senators, write to your congresspeople, and push for equitable legislation. Because you're absolutely right. it's The tax on women is not just the reproductive role and, and the the health, you know, the, the capacity of our bodies. But in the U.S., in addition, I think that the, the amount of money that we're spending just to maintain our health far outnumbers what men have to invest. And that's just simply wrong. It's inequitable. And, and it must end. And it must end now. And as you mentioned, Kenya's... Uh, legislation is in action i don't know if it's passed yet but it's definitely moving in that direction and our neighboring countries there's a lot of movement but it's it's our job to hold them accountable too and to be involved in the process in whatever way we can and and i really appreciate that your role is it's not just in the factory it is the advocacy it's giving voice it's it's highlighting this issue on a global stage which we all need to hear and i'm so grateful that we that you are that voice for us in so many spaces Um, As we wrap up, I know you're busy and and have a full schedule ahead of you, so I just want to ask you just two quick questions. Um, You know, you were chosen as CNN's Hero of the Year. There were 10 other incredible advocates and, and people in service who were also honored as your colleagues in this year's cohort. And it was actually voters, people who voted to choose of the 10 who they really resonated with. Were you surprised that your issue of menstrual health was the issue that kind of came to the surface that people really responded to because they were people who were working on women's shelters and poverty in urban spaces and just a variety of environmental issues? And it was periods that captured really the heart of those who eventually chose you as the recipient of this year's honor. Was that a surprise to you?
1: Actually, I am not surprised. Uh, definitely. I mean, this is the issue that we had uh, uh, been working uh, for the last 13 years. And uh, definitely uh, what that means is that now people actually understand that they just made their voice heard. So uh, and again, uh what uh, uh, which country doesn 't have a woman in in their household I mean we really it 's just now the moment that people actually uh, uh realize that wow we're actually still have this problem you know because you took it personally and you say you know you have no issues with sanitary pads. but when you do when you hear about uh, majority of the world uh, uh, women especially like a country like Ethiopia 50 percent of your society is compromised this way how is the country's development is going to be uh, fulfilled so certainly but it is not a shocking it was not shocking to me but even to make it to the top 10 was enough. But to be recognized as a, a hero of the year is not because of for winning, it's because of the, the power of the project. So now is the moment. now is the moment that everybody is voicing their opinion about this issue once and for all. And hopefully this is the time for us to 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 get a, a solution for this once and for all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is the moment. I, we saw last year the Academy Awards in the United States, it was a documentary period, and the sentence, that won for Best Documentary, which brought another way to advocate for girls and women across the world. You have been recognized this year, and I think you're absolutely right. This is a moment and it's a moment where I hope, as you said in your when you received the speech, that this will become history now. Having to fight for these, the access to sanitary paths and equity will eventually become a part of our history and not something that we have to continue to to fight for so my last question to you is you have become a a hero to all of us and you know many just learned your name I had heard about your work before this as we were beginning the work in Kenya with um, some students here but we had heard about what was happening in Makala and the work that you were doing there but I'm really curious to hear from you who are your heroes who are the people that inspire you to keep going and to keep at this important work that you're doing
1: Well, first and most is my father. My father has always been my hero uh, because he always believed in doing good for the community and of course my partners uh, the Dignity Period founders uh, Professor Worland, his wife along with all his friends and of course the Macaulay University uh, these are my heroes and every everyone uh, who works uh, in the factory are also the heroes behind me uh, so definitely there's a lot of heroes uh, that I have and we'll continue to have a lot more heroes uh, otherwise we will not be able to solve this issue we just started it and just only in Ethiopia, we have about over 30 million uh, girls who, who need this product, and definitely we will be as a country to be a hero once and we uh, we uh, we really reach to this uh, women and girls in Ethiopia and beyond. So definitely there will be a lot more heroes, but uh, I'm not the only hero on this project. There's so many heroes behind me. So mm-hmm. um, and the people who voted all over the world are the heroes as well.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely, and and ap- apologies for not mentioning this earlier. That in, uh, you mentioned the women who work at your factory being your heroes. Your your factory, Maryam Saba Sanitary Products. You employ over forty women who are making these pads for other women, which is just a powerful model in itself, empowering those women economically to create these. Social solutions is really extraordinary. And um, what's next? You've mentioned that you're going to have to add a second shift. Uh, What else do you anticipate will come in the future as Maryam Saba continues to grow? And secondly, how can we support you? What can people who are listening today do right now to support the very important work that you're doing?
1: Well, first and most, uh, I wanted to thank you, CNN, for being the voice again, the voice for every woman in the world. To make sure that uh, we no longer going to be talking about uh, uh, sanitary pads, and uh, I do hope that uh, this will be solved once and for all. And uh, secondly, by uh, by them being uh, recognizing me about my work, we're able to have uh, such a demand in Ethiopia and beyond. Uh, we now have uh, raised our employment to uh, close to 70 girls and we're about to se- start a second shift. And I do hope that the Ethiopian government is actually listening and hopefully they will be working with me and others to remove the taxation on this, uh, um, on the product, uh, especially on the sales tax and also import taxes on the product that we uh export, uh, uh, import, uh, from abroad. And, um, uh, we certainly for the people who would be interested in doing what we do is we're going to be having, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, and opportunities for people to invest on this, uh, hopefully on a, either in a franchise basis or on other uh, issues, but definitely, uh, we are on the rise and we're uh, certainly, Uh, not only going to be working in Ethiopia, but all over Africa and other countries as well. So uh, I'm hoping that people should also give back to the community, help out and I am so grateful for uh, some alumni who have association here in North America, especially Itegeman and School, who have been uh, going back to the community and help out this, the students out there. Uh, there's a, a Magala Alumni Inderta Association also. Uh, they're helping out the girls that need our product as well. So we really need to continue to help out in any way we can to make sure that this product and product like ours to reach to the girls that who are going to need this product. So definitely, uh, we are uh, on the rise and we are uh, on uh, on a mission to make sure that every girl has this product. And um, uh, let's make uh, uh, this world a better place for for everyone, especially for girls.
0: That's, yeah. that's incredible. Thank you so much. So I, just to recap, I hear a couple of ways people can help. One, even social media campaigns get involved speak out where you can to encourage governments to remove taxation. And you are absolutely correct. Kenya did remove that sanitary pad tax back in 2004. So they have been leading in the region in this area. But we want all these government officials who are listening anywhere nearby uh, to really take that to note. And of course, we want our, our home country to do that. And then also giving financially and contributing. Um, can people give to Dignity Period? As that Does that funding support your work?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Dignity Period is in a mission to help every girl to have access to sanitary parts in Ethiopia. So please help out and uh, give your support to Dignity Period. Um, so, uh, and again, uh, by any means, uh, like I said, the alumni, alumni association, uh, you can also pick a school uh, of uh, of your uh, uh, choice and help out. And uh, we we'll definitely can uh, uh, supply you with the uh, sanitary pads from us or from other uh, companies in Ethiopia. Where I encourage you to please uh, be conscious about the environment. Uh, disposable is not the way to go. Uh, uh, and while we're providing a solution, we also have to make sure that uh, uh, we're not also destroying our environment. Uh, definitely uh, we'll, we will have a lot of choices also in the future, not only reusable pads, but also biodegradable uh, product disposable pads. So certainly this is also another issue we really have to think about providing a solution to, to the problem. So uh, definitely continue to support a dignity period. Continue to support directly to any uh, any schools of your choice. On your community, uh, we should give back to our community. There is the. To just help out a girl, it only uh, would cost under five dollars for two years for a girl to stay in school. So keep in mind whenever you wow. you're, you have some disposable income, uh, certainly uh, to to help out uh, a girl is only cost under five dollars to stay in school. So for two years, so definitely do whatever you can uh, to to make this mission uh, of ours to uh, to. Uh, to get it into the next level. And uh, hopefully this will make it a history of the past. So um, we certainly need everybody's help.
0: That, that's incredible. Dignityperiod.org, everyone, please do go visit. As Franny said, $5 that will help a girl for two years. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Juezo Freni, just from the bottom of my heart, I'm so deeply grateful, but I'm a for everything you've contributed today, but more than importantly, for your life, the way you live the clarity of your vision, the commitment of your principles and your deep love for our people, our community, our daughters, our sons. We are so grateful and we're so proud of you. Thank you for being with me today.
1: Thank you so much, Lily. I really, truly appreciate it. We need each other and uh, I thank you so much uh, again for being the voice uh, for all the girls uh, who need our product and uh, we want dignity for all girls and uh, especially in Ethiopia but everywhere in this world and I thank you so much for what you do and I thank you also for your daughter who's uh, doing similar work and I want her to uh, really uh Understand that we really need everyone's involvement, and I will do whatever I can to help her also and to help each other, and let's make the, this world a better place. And I thank you
0: very much yes. for your time. Thank you so so much. Thank you, thank you. I hope we can connect at home. Thank you, Lily. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, exactly. Thank you so much. Thank you, much. Okay, and say bye hello bye. to your parents. Ciao. I will do that. I will do that. Thank you so much. is she. Ciao, ciao. I hope you are coming away from this conversation um, inspired to give, to get involved, to make the world a more equitable place for women and girls, especially in this month where we are celebrating who we are and all that we can be. If you'd like to contribute to Freweni's work, you can go to dignityperiod.org. That's dignityperiod.org. Just $5 a year will give a girl access to sanitary pads. Five dollars, friends. 500 shillings. That is nothing. So please go to DignityPeriod.org today. Contribute. Get involved. If you're near schools, hospitals, there's so many ways to contribute to this. And we are going to keep talking about this. You, If you listened back in October, we had another show with Project Imagine where they shared with us their work that they're doing here in Kenya. So if you want to support their work, you can go to ProjectImagine.net. That's ProjectImagine.net and contribute to the work of ending period poverty here in Kenya. Listeners, it's always a gift that you give me your time. So thank you for listening. Let me know what you thought about the show. You can hit me up on Twitter at Uproot and Lil, L-I-L-L, Facebook and Instagram at Uproot the Podcast. And you know, I've got a website too, www.uprootthepodcast.com. You can find all the information and and too much information actually there. So check it out there if you'd like. Thanks for listening and please keep at it until it becomes rooted. Make Wangari Mathai proud this Women's History Month. Talk to you soon.